Don't let the noise bury the lead. I'm your host, Tom Frank. Join me on Into Focus as K-Global brings you one smart take on a major communication story from the week that was. We read between the lines so you don't have to and unpack the strategy or lack thereof behind the news. When Ron DeSantis' presidential announcement on Twitter collapsed under the weight of technical glitches, the failure tainted more than his campaign. It also undermined Elon Musk's stated plan to build a digital town square. Hello, I'm your host, Ian Cunningham, subbing in for Tom Frank today. Joining me as well are two of my fellow strategists, Amy Rogers and Colton Long. Colton, since this is your first time on the show, I'm going to let you take the wheel to start with. First question, what went wrong? And what's your first take on how this could have hurt DeSantis's uh, entry into the election? Yeah, glad to be here, Ian. Um, what went wrong? So I would say is that obviously uh, Ron DeSantis and his team were prepping probably one of the biggest events in his campaign, which is you know the launch, uh, and they chose you know the venue for this to be a Twitter space with Elon Musk, hosted by Elon Musk which is a fairly non-traditional venue for a presidential uh, campaign launch. And what, wrong, what went wrong was essentially everything. Um, <laughs> glitches, well, essentially off the bat, uh, people, you know, the hosts, Elon uh, and uh, DeSantis himself, kept getting, you know, kicked on and off. Uh, people who were trying to join the Twitter space got kicked on and off. There are technical issues, audio issues, because this was again, an audio only um, event. About 30 minutes after the stated start time, they finally fixed the issues by, you know, trying another space and another one hosting by someone else after that. Um, And the takeaway that I would, the first takeaway I would get from this is they should have had a better advanced team, been able to troubleshoot test drive, rehearse this beforehand. And I'm not sure that happened either on the Team DeSantis side or the Twitter side. Yeah. So, uh, Amy, pivoting on that, you know, what could, you know, your take on this as well, but also could they have predicted any of this on Musk's side? Was there not communication between DeSantis and Musk's teams on the technical, you know, criteria they needed? I mean, it's hard to know what level of communication was going on between Musk and DeSantis' teams, but I would wager that they really did not troubleshoot enough, like Colton said, and they did not build in enough redundancies. So if you're going to hinge a huge like launch, whether it's a campaign or a product or something of this scale on one platform, you need to have troubleshoot enough or you need to troubleshoot enough so that if there are problems that you can manage to pull off the launch without it. But I, I think putting all their eggs in the Twitter space basket was really misguided, especially since it's, it's just too, I don't think the platform was stable enough to manage the volume. And it really just set a negative tone for this launch. So, uh, uh, just to ask you to elaborate on that, how do you think that this could have, I mean, since then, it was about a week ago, what could have hurt the campaign going forward? Or, you know, what was some of the, the fallout that they received? Well, Open I, for I, either of you. 
Yeah. I can jump in on this too. Yeah. Essentially, like if you want as a campaign, you want the story of your launch to be the story of your launch. You don't want the story to be how your launch failed due to glitches. And so in terms of earned media, a launch is generally one of the biggest moments in your campaign in terms of press attention, earned media, fundraising. And so you want all the focus to be on how great you are as a candidate announcing your campaign. And so I think that, I mean, time will tell. It's a bump in the road. It's not the entire campaign. We have many, many months to go. But I would say it's not an auspicious beginning. I also feel like, and this is really open for debate here, but I I don't feel like the target voters that DeSantis is looking for are on Twitter spaces. Mm. I mean, I just, and the lack of visuals that are really good visuals from the launch like event, there weren't many. And so now they're not on cable news networks, I would say. I mean, like it just really impacted that like, earned media aspect, which is where I feel like many of his target voters are, um, mostly cable news network watchers. I mean, that's a generalization, but I just, I I don't feel like this was the place to meet them on such a big moment. So do you think maybe the, the lack of a traditional, let me go to a gymnasium in my hometown and get a, you know, a platform up there and have balloons fall when I announce play, you know, whatever theme song you want, like that is, the lack of that on Twitter, do you think that will hurt him down the road? Because they don't have, you know, the the images or video of that, really, I think. I mean, I don't know, Colton, you might disagree with me. I, I, I think you're right in that it's a bump in the road and we'll see, but I really think they could have strengthened, at least it's just me, like by having multiple platforms as part of their strategy in the first week. And I, I think, like you said, Colton, this became the story, the failed launch on Twitter. Why not have the gymnasium or whatever launch and also have a Twitter conversation with Elon and also, you know, have other social outreach or something like, why not hit multiple platforms? So you do get maybe some new target voters, but also like your base where meet them where they are. I just kind of feel like it was short-sighted to choose this one. uh, Sorry. To jump off of that, I would say quickly that I think and my my diagnosis would be that this is probably a symptom of campaign staff that are a little too online and less clued into traditional media. Like, like you said, Ian, if you have like you know, Biden's announcement in 2019, for example, Philly skyline behind him, you know, patriotic themed imagery, you have that and you use that in all of your campaign materials going forward. Now you can, you can have more events and get those photos, but you want that off the bat uh, to Amy's point. So I think this also may have been a, a failure on the part of his team and then not targeting the right audience with the right medium. That makes sense. Do you think this could possibly also be, you know, uh, not knowing whom, appro- you know, who approached whom on this one, you know, uh, was it DeSantis's team approaching Musk? Was it Musk's team approaching DeSantis about this being the place? Was this maybe both of them trying to stroke each other's egos and showing that, you know, I've got a great campaign, you've got a great platform? Let's put it together. I mean, is it ego or is it where a search for money? For search funding, for money. Right. I mean, 
maybe he threw Elon a, a bone here so he could get some money down the road for his campaign. Um, I mean, I'm who knows? Right. I, I will tell, right? But I would say maybe that's probably more of the uh, motivation behind it. Right. So, I mean, I remember when I was in school about 10 years ago or, or more, you know, the concept of a global public square where social media web 2.0 was going to be this great sort of open platform. And it was all the rage in uh, communications academia at the time. It never really materialized. It kind of devolved into a, a series of echo chambers and nobody ever got along. You know, we can see that over the past couple of years. So do you think Musk is capable of leading something like a digital town square and should a digital town square exist with the leader, especially one like Musk, who is profit-driven, self-driven, those type of things? I would say personally, Musk is not the right person to lead that. Um, if anything, maybe the old Twitter, the way it was before when private was more along the lines, I think like going to a point, Ian, about how there has long been this idea of a digital town square i think it's a hard thing to actually create in reality i think it's a nice idea it's much harder to given people's you know search for profit the way business is conducted but i think that if we somehow established a you know utopian digital town square you would want someone leading it or managing it who is not along the lines of elon musk so not profit driven and you would also need a stable platform for it, which at the time Twitter is not. I would go a step further and say that if it's a utopian global town square, then nobody's leading it. And that it's like community built and community maintained, which is, again, I think more of like what the old Twitter, that right. kind of feeling that it was, right? And I don't know, I, I also think there's elements of, trust now like a lot more questions that people are having especially with the proliferation of ai like what is as that continues to evolve who, who can we trust what can we trust i think that we can't entirely abandon communication methods of old as, so to speak right and i think we're gonna have to find a way to blend it so people learn to actually have faith in these like digital communications again because i think that's just gonna get more and more tested so I mean, so one of the things about like campaign communications, you know, you try to control as much of the environment as you can as the, the candidate and the candidate's team. Uh, do you think maybe they are trying to, you know, partner with Musk on this as a way to really can like everything and control everything? It's obvious they couldn't, but is, was that maybe the idea? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It just was so out of control. I'm not sure. I feel like they... <laughs> I, I would say the idea, yeah, would be, would have, was to have a friendly platform because, you know, since Elon Musk officially bought Twitter in October of last year, he definitely has been way more receptive to conservative leaning outlets and media personalities. So I think that they saw a platform that has now become more friendly to their ideology. Again, that being said, they maybe didn't stress test the said platform for being able to withstand, you know, certain amounts of listeners. So going forward, does this make uh, Twitter change, you know, how it's going to market itself to, you know, possible candidates? Would other conservative leaning candidates feel that Twitter spaces is a good place to either 
do business or launch things? I mean, did this hurt Twitter as much as it might have hurt DeSantis? Mm. I don't know. I don't know that anything can hurt Twitter more than it's... I mean, okay, that's, that's not true. I, I don't think that this is mm. really going to hurt Twitter more than Elon has already done it in the past, mm. like, however many months since his acquisition or new ownership of it. But... I do think we're going to probably see less desire for candidates or politicians to take the space as like their home. I'm very curious to see what Tucker does next. Mm -hmm. since he was kind of trying to become more active on Twitter since his departure from Fox. And I wonder how he, that will advance, but if they do, I think probably more emphasis will be put on the tech side of the house and make sure it's stable. Yeah. I so uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Amy. continue. Oh, no, I was just saying, I'd hope so anyway. Right. So, I mean, the, I was going to pivot off uh, over to Colton on that, looking at what Carlson is possibly going to be doing in Twitter. Uh, what do you think is going on in his head or his you know, team's head right now? I know when he first left Fox, he announced that he was going to have a show on Twitter. Elon backtracked a little bit on that, saying they hadn't signed any contracts with Carlson. I'm not sure about where the status of their alliance, so to speak, lies. I know there have been rumors, Axios reported this and some other outlets, that they might still be talking about some kind of show. But if you're Carlson and anyone on his staff, I feel like you'd have to think twice about wanting to create the, create a show on Twitter, given the instability you know, shown by the, the campaign launch. Do we have viewership numbers of what, uh, how many people tried to launch, uh, watch DeSantis's launch? Yeah, so I think when the event began, over three hundred thousand people were present, but then it went dropped down to one hundred and sixty-one thousand mm -hmm. by the time it actually started. Matt Colton. So if you're looking at someone like Carlson, who's used to having, I don't know, what his ratings were during his time slot, but probably significantly more than that. Oh, yeah. You know, do you really think that Twitter is up to the task? No, I don't. I'm I sure don't. that's a question that Carlson is asking himself right now. <laughs> so final thoughts, wrapping up and going forward. Um, what do you expect to see from the DeSantis campaign in the next few weeks, few months? Um, I know that DeSantis is in Iowa today or yesterday starting his, like, uh, tour you know, his case camp hitting the campaign trail. There may or may not be Republican primary debates coming forward. It, there's been some disagreement between Trump's campaign and DeSantis's campaign about where to hold the debates and who's going to host them and that kind of thing. So stay tuned on that. Yeah. And then Amy, going forward, looking at Musk, uh, put on your you know, magic hat and read a crystal ball, toss the bones. Is there any predicting what he would do after this kind of thing? I think he, I think he's going to maybe take a little bit less of a public role, but I do think he'll be involved as the election cycle continues. And I think he's going to try to stay relevant, whether it's throwing Twitter around as a platform or a potential space for this discourse or throwing his money into the game. I don't think he's going to get out of the headlines anytime soon. Fair enough. 
For Team DeSantis, the lessons of the launch fiasco are obvious. If launching a new campaign or product online is either choose a stable digital platform or build in redundancies so you can pivot to other platforms in times of crisis. For Elon Musk, the lesson is equally clear. If you want to transform Twitter or any digital platform, you must ensure its stability before all else. Building a digital town square is pointless if the walls of the town are crumbling down around you and no conservative personality will want to attach themselves to a floundering social platform. DeSantis and Musk learned these lessons the hard way, but life is full of second chances. Time will tell if they can apply what they've learned and reset. As for Tucker Carlson or anyone else seeking to build an alternative to mainstream news channels after the failure of the DeSantis' campaign launch, they might think twice about hitching their horses to an unstable social media platform. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for uh, both coming in and uh, sitting down on a uh, on an afternoon and talking this through. We're going to keep our eyes, you know, glued to the internet as we always do, but uh, tune in next week for something new. Have a good day. Please subscribe to Into Focus on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us your take on Instagram at kglobal.com. That's kglobal, D-O-T-C-O-M. And if you like the show, leave us a rating on Apple. Into Focus is brought to you by the good people at Kglobal. Unlike traditional marketing agencies that look at consulting, creative, and communications as distinct, Kglobal exists at the intersection of all three. The fusion of strategy and creative fuels unexpected solutions and better outcomes. The result is impact on your audience in a new market or over a policy. Learn more at kglobal.com. And until next week, I'm Tom Frank, and thanks for listening. Hey.